What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. Today we're recapping the NFL Week 15, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday nights of football. And shit, before we started, we were just talking, this may be the craziest week yet. But as always, go down, like, and subscribe, comment some of the takeaways you saw this weekend. And as always, these are your hosts. I'm Paul, pick them, win them, Concha, and I'm joined with... Bro, you already know it's your boy, Kev. <laughs> Motherfucking engine Savoy, you feel me? I don't know what the fuck happened to my neck. Well, I actually know exactly what happened. But we still, but you know your boy still in this motherfucker, still in this motherfucker podcast with y'all boys, because this week 15 was crazy. Now, Paul, imagine my ass sitting in my chair over here, watching all this crazy ass shit go down, and I have to be stiff as fuck. I'm like this watching the games. Damn, Touchdown. I couldn't do it. Not this week. I couldn't do it this week. This is me, dead ass. Touchdown. <laughs> damn. Damn, those niggas suck. Because, like, I learned from Saturday I should not be jumping up and down. Saturday had my ass. Oh, my God. Saturday would have been the craziest day. If I took it Saturday, like Sunday, Paul, I wouldn't be here today. I'd still be like, yeah. So they, they, they upgraded me from a brace to a full, for a, for a full neck cast. <laughs> Jeez. Well, shit. Well. This is the holiday season. I got some eggnog down the hatch. It goes. Shit, also drop a comment down below anything you're thankful for for this fucking holiday season or so. If you got some uh, Christmas bets, because we got Christmas Day football this week. We don't have to pick this episode, but we definitely will have some bets coming up this week. Hold on, hold on. You know I got the eggnog. I see. The best combination. Oh, I did man. mine with whiskey. It's either yeah. rum, whiskey, or bourbon, and I chose I chose whiskey. It's a little spicy. I feel like bourbon is a grown man alcohol. Like if bourbon bourbon gonna put some hair on my chest that I can't take. That I, I, I that it would take too long to shave off. Bourbon and scotch. Those those are grown men drinks. Yeah, like, as like as, as pouring up before we get into the best games of the week, brought to you by Kev, the Waterboy Games. I got we gotta talk the Pro Bowl real quick. Uh, have you seen the lead the Pro Bowl? Have you seen the lead vote getters from each conference yet? The what? The Pro Bowl? The flag you talking about the flag football game? The flag football game this year. You talking about the flag football game? I'm not gonna lie, I think the flag football game is gonna be more fun than whatever the fuck they did last year, which was that like that half tackle, half two hand touch shit they was doing. Yeah, that shit is crazy. They could keep that shit. But your leading vote getters on offense. Well, me, so I'll start at QB. Or should, should I go AF? Should I just announce the AFC team and then the NFC team? No, nah, not the NFC team and then the AFC team. Because I feel right. like the NFC team is So representing the, the NFC, starting quarterback. This is, these are the lead vote getters from each position. Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Nice. Caffrey oh. at running back. Kyle Gusecek at fullback, of course. Hey, fuck that trash out. That nigga, hey, hey, that nigga sucks. He got him in my fantasy, and he gave me exactly zero points this week. Hey, he's a fullback, <laughs> bro. He was probably blocking his ass off, though. But his position doesn't matter in real life. <laughs> he's the best, though. There, without a doubt, there's only two real fullbacks in the NFL, and they're both in the Pro Bowl, which is good. But then wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, of course, of course. George Kittle at tight end. Offensive tackle, Trent Williams. Guard, Zach Martin. Nice. And Jason Kelsey at center. Big dog, Jason Kelsey. Yes, sir. Representing the AFC offense, Pua Tagovailoa. Put, put some respect on that boy name. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You heard me. You heard me. Lead vote getter, Pua Tagovailoa. Over Josh Allen, over Pat Mahomes, over Izzy Lamar Jackson. Oh, motherfucking, uh, oh, my God. Ooh. I see them boys on the bench at the start of the game. Over Joe Burrow. You understand us? What are these? There's only three spots. Like, Joe, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes. He had to have taken somebody's spot. Hey, he didn't take no – he's a starter. Oh, wow. Hold hold my clipboard, Pat Mahomes. I got to go ball real quick. I got to go <laughs> – then, running back Derrick Henry, 
over Nick Chubb, which I understand. Oh, I think Nick Chubb's the only other name that I could I could have respected at AFC running back or Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I would have had Josh Jacobs, me personally. Eric Engle, fullback Eric Engle, another Dolphin, former Raider. Tyreek Hill, wide receiver, another Dolphin. Nice. So three three of the four so far, Dolphins. Tight end, Travis Kelsey, of course. Offensive tackle, Taron Armstead, Dolphin. Represent. Guard, Kevin Zeter. And Creed Humphrey at center. Mm, that's a lot of Dolphins. at five starters. One, two, three, four, four starters of the offense out of uh eight. So four half half of them half of them coming from Miami. Half the team's coming from on is coming in on the same plane. I respect it. That's fine. But you gotta be careful now. Remember the Colts had eight Pro Bowlers last year. All defense I think mostly all defense minus Jonathan Taylor though. Uh Michael Pittman may have squeaked it. I'm not sure. Nah, 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 nah. Defense. Defense, we got uh I'm just gonna run through the defense real quick. NFC, Nick Bosa at defensive end, of course. Javon Hargreave, defensive tackle. Micah Parsons, outside linebacker. Fred Warner, inside linebacker. Rookie, Tyreek Woolen, corner. Oh, wait, timeout. Tyreek Woolen got it. Seattle Seahawks, very own. This is a little spoiler, too. This is a little spoiler. AFC corner, Sauce Gardner, rookie. Kind of cold. Kind of cold. Oh, that's this, tough. I love this that. flag football that game may get kind of spicy. Who's on the other side of that corner? Uh, they only give out one corner for starters. So he started, so he's over. He got more votes than Jay Alexander. He, he got the most votes. Oh, <laughs> my God. Dangerous. Dangerous. Kirby. And then um, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning are the coaches. Mm-hmm. And they're like Ray Lewis and Demarcus Worrell are like their assistants or something. I believe so, yeah. It's gonna be fun, okay. I'm you. And it's and it's flag. I feel like you know you know flag football. It gets a little heated in the ma- moment of the battle. No flag football is deadly. This isn't flag football. Didn't do this to my neck, but <laughs> flag football. I was out there playing advance, and like I was like a problem. Like we were really going back and forth, shit talking. Like there was a couple fights that had to get people got ejected. That shit had to cry. Free safety. Kirby Joseph, strong safety Harrison Smith. On the AFC end, Miles Garrett, defensive end, defensive tackle Quentin Williams, even though he got hurt a couple weeks ago on the Jets. Outside linebacker Matt Judon, having a hell of a year on the Patriots. Inside linebacker Nick Bolton. He's been holding it down for the Chiefs on the inside linebacker. He kind of gets no love. Sauce Gardner, already called it, corner for starting corner for the AFC. Definitely well-deserved. I think this may be the first time ever both corners starting are going to be rookies for the Pro Bowl teams. Minka Fitzpatrick at free safety and Derwin James at strong safety. I haven't heard Derwin James' name much other than that when he spine-busted Travis Kelsey on that Thursday night football, like week three. I mean, their defense has been playing a lot better, and like it's been doing well enough to win them games. No, 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 I'm not saying he shouldn't be in there. I just, for some reason, I feel like I haven't heard much out of him, though. And then special teams, kickers, I'm going to have to start in the AFC just because it's a better special teams, led by Justin Tucker, kicker, GOAT. Then Ryan Stonehouse, punter, Isaiah Pacheco, rookie, also return special. He's playing return specialist for the Kansas City Chiefs. Justin Hardy is, I don't know what ST is. I'm sorry. And then uh, long snapper Thomas Hennessy. And then NFC, Jason Meyer, Seahawks kicker. Tressway, the punter. Return specialist, Kenny Nuganwo, uh ST, Chris Boyd. And long snapper, Andrew DePola. That's the lead vote getters for all the st- um, every position for the Pro Bowl this year. You know what will always be funny? When Jalen went on Tyree Hill, talk, was like, what I got to be with Jalen Ramsey for? I'm a Pro Bowl. And then Jalen Ramsey clapped back, man, don't be talking all that shit. Man, you got to a Pro Bowl as a kick returner. I was like, oh, shit, disrespectful shit. But now, but now he's starting, so how do you feel? Yeah, I, I, Dang, I, Jaylen, I, I don't remember saying Jalen Ramsey's name. I would say Tariq Willing got over Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, I feel like the offense is probably clear cut. Some people may not be happy with the two a vote, but eat a dick. Then um 
But on the defense, I feel like there's a lot of, like, there's so many good defensive players. It's hard to, like, single out so many at certain positions. But let's get into it, Kev. Knock, uh, kick it off. What's the Waterboy games of the week this week? What's the record, man? Oh, you, oh, you want to hear the records? We tied. We both went eight and seven. So our weekly record is now I'm in the lead seven to your six, two ties on the year. The yearly record, I'm 108, 95, and two. You're 113, 90, and two. You have a five-game lead still. Locks, we didn't. Uh, your locks, you went two and one. You hit the Bengals and Bills. You missed on the Cowboys. Uh, dogs, we both went 0 and 1. I had uh, the Titans, you had the Patriots. And then I went 1 and 2 on the locks. I missed on the Cowboys and Commies, but I hit on the Vikings. Best bets, I had one of my best weeks yet. Went 5, 2, and 1. Once again, That's hit on every crazy. single over under bet. I may just start just fucking it. I've yet to miss. I might, I might just have to just lean into something, so unmarked territory type shit. I haven't missed yet on them. I feel that. What's it called? There was like, like, there's just certain bets I feel like some people are good at. Like the sports gambling podcast, they was hitting on first touchdown bets. I was like, that's crazy. Like, there's just some bets that people are really good at hitting. Big odds too on those first touchdown ones. They can call Gainwell for a first touchdown on the Eagles, and I thought that was just insane because I looked at his stats. I was like, he's only scored two touchdowns this season. Like, how'd you know that was going to be one of them? Those are always the best but, ones to hit. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I got hold a couple times this week. I'm not going to say nothing, though. Fuck the Ravens. But, um, oof, where's my where's my shit at? There's one. Waterboys week. Waterboys games of the week are pretty insane when you think about it because there's so much shit that went down. The command is getting hoed. Very hoed. I'm prime time. The Bengals coming back. The Chargers making the Chargers making motherfucking moves. The motherfucking you could even say the Cardinals and Broncos game was good. Hey, Brent Rifle. It, it was not good to watch, but it was close. The Chiefs and Texans went overtime. There's there's one game in particular I think stands above all. Nah, dead ass. So we gotta start off with it. So we gotta talk. We gotta go fly into Indianapolis, right? No, Minnesota. that game was in Indianapolis. Those in Minnesota. So we gonna fly all the way into Minnesota, Paul. So in the words of Jerry, I put the game on mute. Thirty-three zero in the first half. How? How? How did you friend your allowed a way to fuck this shit up? I didn't understand. Like. But the Minnesota Vikings had the greatest comeback of all time, coming back 33 points to win in overtime 39-36. And this bitch almost tied. So, Paul, man, this game was insane. This game was literally nuts. I'm looking at the score summary right now. Like, there was nothing but horseshoes for the entire first half. And they were putting it on him. Jonathan Taylor was having a great game before he got hurt. Motherfucking defense was balling. Motherfucking Kirk Cousins looked looked like a kid. Like, bro, how did you enjoy this game? Bro, so one of the big things in this game was I felt like the Colts coming out 33-0, right? This this is the epitome of their season. 33 nothing, still find a way to lose. And this is the epitome of the Vikings this year. You're down 33 nothing, but you got to still find a way to fucking win. And first half, those two picks by Kirk Cousins, both on Jalen Rieger. I saw that um, someone broke down the tape on Twitter. Shout out. I can't remember what um, account it was. Jalen Rieger goes for like a little curl route, but then he stops in his spot. And for whatever reason, he moves over like a yard or two to the right. Kirk Cousins puts the fucking heater right where he was supposed to be. And it goes right to the corner because Rieger's out of position. And then this, uh, that was the pick six. And then the other one was uh, a deep shot crossing route to Rieger. That was like a 60-yard throw or whatever. The other deep interception. And Rieger stops on the route when he was supposed to be all – like he was completely – he doesn't think the ball is coming to him, so he just stops. And it, it's just like this is – that was the same person drafted over Justin Jefferson by the Eagles. And like now that he's on the Vikings, it's just like this, it's insane to look at. 
And so I can't even throw those interceptions on Kirk. I thought he was having a great game. And the Colts' defense, like, it wasn't like Matt Ryan was balling. It was the defense, special teams, a block punt touchdown. Like, And then all of a sudden, once the Vikings were like, all right, no more bullshit. Let's just score points now. The Colts is good. Once Matt Ryan gets the ball in his hands, he what's the one thing he can't do? Score fucking points. So it, it was, it was, I still can't, it still doesn't make sense how they did it. But wow, the greatest comeback ever. And wow. Was a, I looked at it as the Colts defense was winning this, winning this game 100% for them. These motherfuckers had so much pressure on Kirk Cousins, it didn't make any sense. They got seven sacks this game. The shit was insane. Motherfucking, and but you put it best. The Matt Ryan couldn't do shit. He had 182 yards, 19 for 33, and one touchdown. No picks. And you couldn't put up no points. He's Mr. Checkdown. So, Kirk Cousins, though, back-to-back weeks throwing up 400-plus yards. Like, I think the last time someone did this was Big Ben, like, five years. And we don't see 400-plus. Or uh, Joe Burrow, I think, maybe did it last year. I can't remember. But, like, this is the hell. If you had him in fantasy, what a week to have him. Four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. And then K.J. Osborne and Justin Jefferson eight. Davin Cook eight. Like, it was like the Vikings' the whole offense was just insane. I had to choose between – for I was like, I got to get rid of Quest Watkins. I got to find a receiver on this waiver wise. I, I looked at Scrawny Neck, Tutu Atwell, and K.J. Osborne. There was two more and then K.J. Osborne. I was so upset with my choices, I closed that. And I'm watching this man, KJ Osborne, just eat free. And that shit hurt my heart. My boy had a, a fucking career day with 160, 50, 157 yards, 10 receptions, and one touchdown. Like, And one he broke for 63 yards. Yeah. Leading receivers. This game was literally nuts. Even the overtime period was nuts. And someone was saying that this that Jeff Saturday should be the first interim head coach to be fired. <laughs> I was like, God damn. I fucking cried. That might have been the most disrespectful story ever heard me. But we can talk about this game literally forever. Like, this game almost tied. Because even in OT, they couldn't get they're going their way. Well, they scored the bed looking. They scored the last the last field goal with seven seconds left. <laughs> shit yeah but Colts are dead Vikings they maybe God's on their side this year like there's there's nothing else I can explain for that comeback they have plenty of comebacks this year but this one definitely takes the cake it's the greatest of all time it's the biggest of all time post or regular season oh, yeah. and but the play that stood out to me is when they went for it on um the Colts went for it on fourth and then Dalvin Cook takes it back, takes it straight down, motherfucker. Because um, Matt Ryan got stopped at the um, – I want to say they went for a quarterback sneak. Matt Ryan got stopped. And then Dalvin Cook just took that bitch all the way down the next play, 64 yards for the touchdown. I was just – I think that was the point when I was like, this might be history. They did it. They, it was insane. I'm not going to lie to you. This game could be talked about as an as episode on its own. Like, no cap. But let's get on to the next one, man. I got two more for you, homie. So if that was the greatest, if that was the greatest motherfucking, um, if that was the greatest play, if that was the greatest comeback in history, let's talk about the dumbest plays in history. And we got the motherfucking Raiders versus the Patriots. And I thought the Patriots had this game locked up. Locked up. I want to say I dozed off for a little bit. And I came back, I woke up, and this shit, was, this shit was tied. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then I wake up, and I see this motherfucking lateral. I see Rashad <laughs> Stevens. I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking like, oh, he just, he just ran in the field goal range. He got this. No, oh, look, literally, it's the play that's on my TV right now. Well, like, I just started. But there was like, no hey, time yo. left. It was either go for a Hail Mary, try to do some crazy play, or just knee it and go to overtime. And they kind of chose none of it. And this motherfucker. I'm fucking crying. But, like, we could talk about that play and how stupid and boneheaded it was because Jacoby Myers, this shit was insane because Jacoby Myers gets the ball. And I'm thinking, like, out of bounds is right there. Just run out of bounds. Like, what's making you think this is working? And this motherfucker chucks his bitch to Mac Jones and he goes straight, attempts to chuck his bitch to Mac Jones and he goes straight to Chandler Jones. 
And the stiff arm he put on Mac Jones to send that little boy to the ground. That was the biggest homer dick type play. And to take that bitch into the end zone was insane. I just know Bill Belichick was pissed. I mean, pissed. And if Mac Jones is telling Jacoby Myers, go down, go down. But it's Jacoby Myers, I, I guess, just didn't get the memo. And he tried to do that. It was like a whole five to eight yards short of Mac Jones. It went right to Chandler Jones. And, yeah, I know Bill Belichick definitely let Jacoby Myers know something in that locker room because that, that definitely costed the game. He could have went to overtime. And, but even in overtime, Mac Jones ended the game with, what, like 120 yards or 100? Like, he's been looking terrible. Derek Carr, I know he threw an interception, but he at least was making drives happen. And he, he was able to score points, but the Bill Belichick, great defense, great special teams, a good run game. They were able to get points up, but this like I thought maybe the Patriots could squeak into the playoffs and do something with it. But this team with Mac Jones at the helm, they're just kind of another team that, I, that they're not they're not doing nothing. And another week, the Raiders the Raiders oh, were dead a couple weeks ago. Now they're six and eight, and I think they're scrapping and maybe making the playoff push. They got to win out for that hope. Nah, they did the same thing they did last year. Is there? They got Devontae Adams, but if this team continues to play well, they can do whatever. They can control their destiny. But I look at it like the Raiders. The, the this is the first, the biggest thing on every um show and every play in every podcast and every show and on um, every um NFL show right now. Is that they're talking about? This is our first time seeing the Patriots play so careless. Like even before that play, they got the block punt. They got the block punt for the field goal. Before and then I can't. And then I can't remember why, but why the Raiders have the ball even get the ball back in the fourth quarter? Like the Patriots, the the back with on thirty seven seconds left to get the um to get the touchdown. That I, do you think it was a catch? No, but. I'm not the it, it wasn't a catch until they saw because like it's crazy like I couldn't I can't they made the it wasn't a catch to me until when I saw the of the um, the upper angle but there's a picture you seen the picture on on Twitter right. you've seen technology bro all that shit's doctored no nah, I'm Pat McAfee show there's a picture like because I was looking like because they made the best point ever they was like why the fuck are we showing this hard ass angle. When there's literally a cameraman taking pictures right there, but there was a picture of the shoot, and it's like so close, Paul. I mean, like, because there was no white that came up, and like, it's like the tip of his shoe is black, so it's just like right there on the line. And it's a, I think it's a catch, man. I'm not gonna lie to you, that was a catch. It was a hey, catch. I give it to him because like, I don't care. I, I like when the Patriots lose, so like, the more the better. The more the better, <laughs> but that shit was fucking insane for to even be in that position. The Keelan Cole made a hell of a play. A lot of people are gonna say your foot wasn't around. I will. I'm probably I'm probably the minority, but this game was insane, and we never seen a, a Patriots team just beat themselves like that. It's a new era, new quarterbacks, new regiments. I'm crying, but hey, man, that Raiders Patriots game was insane. And lastly, man, I really can talk so many games. Like, the Chiefs and Texans went into overtime. Why? Pat Mahomes had a great game. And they still motherfucking had to go to OT. But um, I got to talk the motherfucking one more primetime game, and we got to talk the, the Commons versus the Giants. And it's crazy that this made it into the Waterboys games this week because I hated this game. They played the first time. And the time. But the refs, man... I mean, you can definitely put it on the on the Giants' defense. Kayvon Thibodeau, monster, monster, terrorized them boys all game. Started off the game getting a fucking what was it? A strip sack and um a strip sack and um turned that into a touchdown. Monster, animal, beast, tyrant, whatever you want to call it. You don't want to be on this. You don't want to be on playing defense while he's you don't want to be playing offense while he's playing defense. Straight up, but the Giants made this a game and. They got blessed. They got blessed. The rest, they got blessed. Because that was definitely the pass interference on the last play. 
And then what about the fucking play with Scary Terry that they called the illegal formation because his foot wasn't on the line? And, the, and he says in the video footage backing it up where you see him clearly go up there, look at the referee, and the referee tells him, oh, you you can move up a yard. Like, the, you have space. So then gives him the thumbs up, and then the ref is holding on to that flag waiting for the play to be called. And the moment they hike it, then he throws the flag on Terry McLaurin. And it's like he literally just told him he's fine. You're good. Like this is just even if I don't believe games are rigged and scripted like some people do, but this is giving people a reason to believe that certain things like this is possible. You know what's crazy? I heard um the craziest breakdown on um Pat McAfee was motherfucking it was like the NFL claims their taxes on the taxes entertainment. So they're saying that they um that's one way and the fact that the um the refs aren't full-time, like, they have jobs, and they have other well-paying jobs outside this, like, lawyers and shit like that, so, like, a lot of people can, and then, the, especially now that sports betting is getting into the game, where, like, literally money is millions and millions of dollars being spent every week on these games, it's looking kind of rigged, man. Yeah, and uh, as, as sports gambling is getting bigger, I feel like it's even UFC judging, boxing judging, uh, NFL officiating all this is a bigger scope because now there's millions to trillions of dollars involved on it. It's not just watching it on your TV in your living room and getting upset your team loses that week. Yeah, no more just no more just bragging rights. Like nah, every shit, everything matters. But with this game, what I saw was both offense. Like Shaquan Barkley had a decent game. I didn't think he would do anything remotely what he did against his defense, but I I felt like. If uh, Kayvon Thibodeau doesn't get that strip sack, fumble touchdown, and like, because those was all defense, like, no offense was really doing shit. So it was like that one touchdown strip sack was big in the end of this game. And then the officiating towards the end of the game was is even bigger. But it was like neither offense really did shit all game long. Facts. And they tried to do something, they tried to bring it back down, but motherfucking the refs like that's all i could think about because like this game was such a good game and it was, the commies had it i really feel like the commies had it in their bag all they had to do was just score that last touchdown which they did but it got taken back yeah and uh, it's big because now i think the cowboys clinch playoffs because if washington would have won then they wouldn't have clinched it yet because washington has the tiebreaker or whatever but now that washington lost cowboys clinched their playoffs for whatever year in a row Giants are still alive in the seating. Washington's still alive technically too, though. That's crazy. But let's get to the breakdown of the rest of these games. We'll start from Saturday. Browns, Ravens. Talk about a lackluster game of no offenses. 13 to 3. Browns win. Deshaun Watson throws for a touchdown finally. I think he threw one a couple weeks ago, but this is, he hasn't looked good. I still don't think he looks good. I don't care if he beats the Ravens with Tyler Huntley. I thought Huntley would be able to do more. He couldn't. And, I mean, I should have known when Justin Tucker missed his field goal before halftime that this game was uh, was never going to be the Ravens' way. Then he gets another one blocked in the second half, and it was just like, damn, Justin Tucker, that, that all-time leading field goal percentage I know took a big – because you miss one, that's going to fuck up your percentage. But you missed two? I know that shit dropped a couple points. Nah, no cap. But motherfucking – this shit was this game was so shitty, but it just showed that. And I don't think like I don't even think you need a good quarterback to be this Browns team that showed up on Sunday. I think you just don't need to throw in a pick in the red zone like they did. He threw it straight up to Denzel Ward. Straight to him. Yeah, like come on now. And that's done. Do you see on how much money he gets paid? He does this shit. And then you don't have to throw the pick to him. And I want to say, was it a fumble the next drive? There was like some dumb shit that happened the next drive right after that. I could be thinking about the Bucks, but um, this this Ravens team did not need much to be. They just couldn't get any offense going even slightly. Yeah, and I know the Bengals are red hot, and the Ravens are colder than ever. So I know this is not looking good for playoffs and uh, seeding. And I think they play each other again. So. It helps Lamar's case a little bit, I think, because Ravens suck without him. But also, the Browns paid their quarterback so much money. It's been shitty. Cardinals, same same boat. The um, Broncos in the same boat. And I, I think 
I might be, if I'm a GM, I'm a little hesitant to pay anybody that much money at this point, the way everyone's producing that got paid that much money. You look at the Colts, the boys, the boys paid everybody. And nobody had seen the playoffs not once. Yeah. Then uh, Saturday night football, the Bills beating the Dolphins 32-29. to Close-ass game, good-ass game. I'm not upset with this L. It, like, it was a good game. I would have been upset if we got blown out, looked like some bitches after talking so much shit. But I feel like we showed up. I feel like our defense has yet to show up all year. We've been allowing, I think, like the top five most points per game. So, like – I mean, 29 points should be good enough to beat a lot of teams. But the Bills, sometimes you got to put up 30. So that's real shit, man. I mean, I was watching this game, and I was just, like, in awe for a second to be like, hey, Jalen Waddle's really that nice. Like, the way that Tua is always – Tua's really just – like, I understand why he's number one in the votes because he didn't get – he's going to get his, and he's going to hit his dudes, even though this is supposed to be the week that nobody – um. Everybody kind of about he's the warm weather quarterback. They're playing in the snow. Like, this shit was not supposed to be. got bad second half, too. It was real windy and snowy. Terrible. I know that fucking game felt. I know that fucking shit felt like a rock. But Tua held it down. And what got me was the fact that you guys were down. And literally, in a, it felt like in a blink of a rock, of an eye, you guys were up. You guys were up. Coming out of half. I was like, when the fuck did they score the second touchdown? But... Sometimes you need a miracle, man, and the Bills got what exactly what they need. Oh, he only had 234. That's crazy. Oh, Marie-Heen Morstead did have a couple big-ass runs. Yeah, the run game was actually looking pretty good in the snow. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill, 69. Jalen Waddle, 114. Like, you guys did your thing. How do you feel about your team now? Because now, like, they, the Bills kind of have the AFC East locked up, don't they? I kind of, I kind of, yeah, they do. They locked it. Four straight playoff berth is locked in. I, I kind of like it a little bit because maybe we had the chip on our shoulder a little too much. We're too hot going before playoff. And now we got to beat the Patriots, Packers, and Jets to round out the season. And all three games are definitely winnable. And I just feel like this was probably our toughest stretch of games right here. It's okay to lose these games as long as we're still the same team going forward. Because, like I said, we should have, this is another game where, it wasn't like we got blown out at any point. Like, next time we play him, we might win 32-29 ourselves. Like, it's just – it's just these have been close-ass games. And if we would have got blown out, I would have got worried. But these are – like, I'm okay with losing by three points against the Super Bowl favorite in their home field with the snow on their side, everything going their way. It, it, it doesn't scare me going if I have to see him in the playoffs. Hey, I respect the fuck out of y'all because that was a great-ass game. And – a couple more stops, and it goes like, I was shocked that Zach Moss got off like he did. No, no, not Zach Moss. Uh, Jared Cook had a touchdown. Naheem Hines had a touchdown. Because they had to be able to run that bitch in the snow. Yeah. If everything goes well, we'll see them boys again in the playoffs. There it goes. On to, on to our next game. We made it to Sunday. The Bears losing at home 20 to 25 against the 13 and 1 Eagles. Hurts three rushing touchdowns. And they kept explaining it. Like they have this formation where they just line up on a QB sneak. They put both the running backs behind behind Jalen Hurts. So then as soon as he hikes it, he has two people behind him to push him in while he's pushing in. And that's the difference between him. And I said this before, that's the difference between him and Kyler. I think that's the difference between him and Lamar. That's the difference between, like, the only I think him and Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen are probably the two running backs that could go into a pile because they're probably bigger than the rest of the motherfuckers in the pile. And have two people behind him, like, sandwiching him against 300-pound linemen and there's, like, having him. They, he just trained him like another running back, like a power back, basically. And you can't do that with other uh, mobile quarterbacks. That's fine. And, like, yeah, the way they set up those plays are dangerous. The but first he, one, the first one, he went in untouched. Like he just went straight up the middle. Like, excuse me, part of the Red Seas. He did throw two interceptions. It wasn't like him. The Bears defense did. Like this was a game. Like it was a big spread, but the Bears held their own. Justin Fields got hurt, came back, scored a touchdown anyway. It kept it <laughs> kept it a game. And he did exactly what we said he'd do. He got those motherfucking crazy scrambles. 
he did what he needed to do. And he hit um and then David Montgomery catch. He scored a touchdown. Dangerous. Scored one. He ran one in and caught one too. So he had I know I sat him in fantasy. I wish I didn't. He had a hell of a day. But Fields, like if they may have just been using him wrong. Like I, I may have to walk back a lot of I said because there was one play in particular where he threw the touchdown to Pringle and he rolls out and he literally is like about to run it and the safeties come up on him because he's been running the ball all damn day and then he stops like a yard, like literally right on the line of scrimmage and just floats it over them onto a wide open Pringle for a touchdown and I was just like that's some Patrick Mahomes shit but like he's okay. like he like that that was some real like. What else can you do in that situation? Because if you don't pull your safeties up, he's running it for 20 to 25 yards on you anyway. That's real shit. That's the difference. But I think the biggest thing about this game was just to feel like I sacked six times. like All up the middle, too. Hargreave. And I think that's the biggest difference in this game. Cause it's, and I think that's what makes the Eagles the top, like, such strong contenders because their defense is relentless. Like, a lot of, a lot of good teams – we can eat and they can um they can eat like the Vikings can eat on offense but their defense gave up this many shits. Like a lot of good teams in the league can do one thing, but their defenses aren't gonna hold up for them. They're them and the 49ers. Like the 49ers defense can eat, but their offense besides well, not that before they got Brock Purdy, wasn't always gonna show up for their ass. So this is probably one of the few teams that are really strong on both sides of the ball, like them, the Bills, there's not too many other teams like that. Hurts had one of his worst days throwing the ball. He still put up 300 yards, only threw two interceptions and no touchdowns, but he made up for three rushing touchdowns. Like, this is the shit we were talking about Josh Allen last year. Like, yeah, he might suck one thing in one part of the game, but he made up for it with everything else he's doing. Did he score those um, touchdowns in the first quarter? No, he had them throughout the game. Not the touchdowns, I meant the interceptions. Uh, yeah, I think, I believe both interceptions are early. Yeah, that shit was crazy. I remember watching this shit like, what the fuck is going on? Then we got to go to hate week where we saw the Saints beating the Falcons 21-18. Um, a little bit of Andy Dolan, a little bit of Taysom Hill. A little bit of that Saints defense. How do you feel about Desmond Riddler, though? Taking shots, man. Now, this was a definitely a tough game to watch because, like, the defense, man, the defense wanted us to win. They did what they had to do. They forced a fumble. Late, they got the they got the stop on fourth down. They really made they really gave us opportunities to make something shake. And I was just looking at Desmond Ritter like, "We're gonna do something. This is your chance." But like pretty much the, like the tale of every motherfucking rookie quarterback in the league right now. That first game is always a tough one. I don't think anybody's really eating like that. He got sacked four times. I what's it called? It was a great game for Tyler Algier. And, like, we were running the ball. We were running – it was crazy how we were running this bitch on third downs and shit. Like, third and five, third and six, third and seven. Running that bit straight up the middle, and he's getting a motherfucker. He ended up having 139 yards and a touchdown. So, that's a dude. Cordero Patterson had on um, 52 yards and a touchdown. Angry, angry runs only type touchdown. So, our offense was not that it wasn't there. Drake London – the Drake London, if it wasn't for the final play, would have we could have said he had a good game. But um our offense wasn't all the way there. But Desiree, like he the pieces in our offense has stood up. I don't think I think that we had the right choice earlier by having Marcus Mariota playing and leaving Desmond Ritter on the um bench. But he's what we got now, so we gotta use it. He had ninety seven yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. That's not terrible. No, it's pretty tragic. But he, but at least he didn't mistakes. At least he didn't make critical mistakes late in the game. Tyler Alligier, I think it's getting close to the point where I feel like Alligier. It's I might have to start talking about free Alligier, like how we were talking about free Pollard, because when Alligier be running, I feel like he's sometimes a little bit. This game and there's a couple other games where he because when Cordell Patterson was out, he was holding it down. Run game was still solid, but then Patterson comes back, and I know you're paying him more star name. Fans love him. Some games he he's almost like the Zeke, because I, I, I just see Zeke and Pollard. Whereas when Cordell Patterson will have a game where he's non 
non-existent. He doesn't have any touchdowns. He only has like 30, 40 yards. But then there'll be another game where he has 70 yards, two touchdowns, and a receiving touchdown. And it's like, oh, that's the Patterson we know. But like, I feel like Alagier has been more consistent, like how Pollard is to Zeke. He's just, he's there 24-7, fresher legs. But on the Saints side, Jawan Johnson, the tight end, has been having a hell of a year, two touchdowns this game. This is like his multiple two-touchdown game. He went from like a no-name waiver wire tight end to now like the number five, top five tight end in the fantasy football off of his touchdown. Like he's had like in the last six weeks, like eight touchdowns or some insane shit. Like he's he's been rolling and it seems to be Andy Dolan's favorite target in the red zone. That's crazy. Let's we'll see if he's available. But another close game, what do you expect out of hate week? Both teams are sitting five and nine and literally one game behind the, the Bucks. So like the, everyone and the Panthers are still five and nine. So everyone's hoping that division for playoffs is still alive. No, it's crazy for um that he's number eleven in fantasy. That's insane. But now this game was interesting. This game went like it was supposed to go. Saints versus Falcons game. There's a lot of a lot of beef and a lot of back and forth. And I feel like the Saints definitely had us early in the game. They had um, what was the score of the first half? I want to say it was. I want to say it, it was fourteen three. The Saints were at fourteen three and a half. So they have fourteen three and a half, and I really feel like they didn't do shit that entire second half. Like our defense really stood up. Andy Dalton kept Andy Dalton very isolated, and all we had to do was just stop him on third down. I feel like there were a lot of short third down plays that we kept giving up, so we ran out. There wasn't much time left, but it comes down to the, it comes down to the last drive. I was really in the back of my head thinking like, "Yo, do something, dog! I dare you, do something! Like, we're rolling right now, do something!" Yeah, that boy, he was Desmond Ritter had a chance, and then Drake London gets the ball, fumbles that motherfucker on fourth down too. Where I got the first down if he if he just holds on to it. Yeah, and like I feel like he was taking the stride, but this is what you gotta learn. Cause last year Trevor Lawrence was in a lot of these situations. I was like, "Hey man," this, and I was saying, "Yo, this is good for him. He has to learn that comebacks are hard in the NFL." And if you fast forward to the to this week, he's like, he's figured he's figured it out. He's taking his lumps. So I think it was a good game for Desmond Ritter to take his lumps. It would have been nice to beat the Saints, but uh, we'll try it again next. We'll try it again next year. Moving to the next game, we had the. Detroit Lions now seven and seven beating the now seven and seven Jets twenty to seventeen. The Jets, the, I hit the under. Never was a worry. It, I knew there was going to be a lot of defensive, a lot of no points uh, going on. But I felt like Detroit's offense was a lot better team. They missed the field goal when they were in field goal range. They went for it on a fourth down after getting in like the within the goal line. Didn't get it, and uh, no points on that drive. One of the touchdowns for the Jets was a fucking punt return touchdown. Like, this is once again, the Jets are slowly and slowly turning into the AFC's version of the 49ers. Just with a lot, like, like if the Jets had Jimmy G, they would be the 49ers of the AFC. They would just, they, they would be like a 10-win a, a team every year because of how great this defense is, how great the special teams is, how good this coach is, and he's super young. They just really like. I know Zach Wilson had 300 yards, but this there's like two or three big plays out of Zach Wilson. But for like majority of this game, he wasn't there. Like there was a lot of bad throws, uh, and I even if uh, next week when Mike White comes back, I'm pretty sure Mike White's gonna get the starting job, even though Zach Wilson had 300 yards. It wasn't a. If you're looking at the box score, you'd be like, damn, 300 yards. He had a crazy day. He only had 18 completions. Like there was a there was like three or four really big plays that made up for the rest of his day. Outside of that, it was not good. Mm-hmm. Motherfucking, you hit it, man. Um, This game was a dog fight. The Lions, I think the, the plays that got me was the touchdown, was a touchdown score by um, off the punt, off the punt return, take it back 48 yards. And then that touchdown to the touch, to the, um, to the tight end, and he just ran that bitch all the way down, like, how long the fucking play was that? Motherfucking 51 yards? 51, 51, yeah. it down 51 yards. Had to have broken at least four, four to six tackles. Like, 
And the Barrios touchdown was like a 45 yard or two. So that's like a hundred of his 300 yards came on two plays. Uh, I use that man, motherfucking. But the Lions are legit, man. They won six of the last seven. They might really creep up into the playoffs, especially you knowing that the Packers ain't going. And this was an elite. The reason I took the Jets, I thought the Goff would fold under the elite defense. Not saying he had a great game, but he was able to move on that defense. He didn't throw any interceptions, which is what he's notorious to do. So the Lions, brand new Lions, as they say. It's dangerous, man. It's motherfucking dangerous out you. The Lions is looking good. They look at pumped up, and they're starting to have some confidence. Next game, we had the Steelers beating the Panthers. This is one of my dogs. I should have made it my dog of the week. But Chabitsky did what he had to do. No interceptions. He kept feeding Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson had a hell of a day. Nigel Harris scoring a touchdown. But the Steelers' defense, like, Sam Darnold had a couple big plays here and there, a driver set up here and there. But other than that, I felt like they held their run game in check, and they just didn't allow the Panthers to do shit for the majority of this game. And that's and Tomlin's fifth above 500 streak is still alive. But this game didn't make me mad. But I remember just looking like when I made my take, thinking like, yo, I watched the Falcons literally running down their throat, and all they did was chip. And they chipped the, and they were chipping the fuck out of um chipping the fuck out of um TJ Watt. So like we were really making it work. So I thought they really so I'm thinking the, <laughs> I'm thinking the Panthers who fucked us up because they had a, a running back score three touchdowns on us. I'm thinking they finna motherfucking run it. Nope. Nope. Still this could be the worst running performance ever by and not ever, but this for this year alone. There's sixteen carries as a team for twenty one yards as a team. That's insane. Sam Donald and then who we, and then are you trying to put the pressure on Sam Donald? Though he didn't do terrible, it's like, bro, come on now. You can't really be expecting to win games with a one sided game like this. Yeah, the Pan- I mean Panthers hope's still alive for playoffs. Maybe they could sneak in, they have to win out. But now the performance like that. Both teams, I mean Steelers five hundred streak still alive, Panthers going for playoffs still alive. Next game. Jaguars winning in overtime with the pick six on Dak Prescott to beat the Cowboys, who the Cowboys are at one point, I think, up 21-7 at half. Jaguars come out second half balling. And the every week, I mean, like two, three weeks ago, was I was talking about how he came back from that injury at halftime, and I started to like Trevor Lawrence a little more. And ever, since then, he's just done a little bit more every fucking week, and they're winning games, and – my take of them maybe beating the Titans for um in the division is still alive because they're they're inching closer and closer to the first place in the division. Trevor Lawrence four touchdowns, one interception, three hundred eighteen yards. Etn one hundred and three yards rushing. But the big news is Zay Jones really may be a guy. This is his like third consecutive week of balling. Uh, six catches, one hundred and nine yards, three touchdowns. He's coming off of multiple touchdown games of the past previous weeks as well. Like Jaguars' offense is looking fucking legit, and their defense is making plays. I mean, pick six to win it. Nah, Jag defense is insane. That Rayshon Stevenson. But don't get me wrong, you can't blame the pick six on Dak just because Noah Brown, Noah Brown did bounce off his hands, and Dave Rayshon Stevenson took that bitch all. The second that, of that, the day, too. Both picked that game, that game was insane. And, like, Dak just didn't look great. Threw a lot of touches. <laughs> threw, two, threw two interceptions. And then it looked like they not bottled up Tony Pollard or nothing, but they didn't let him score. Kept him to 75 yards. Zeke, 58 yards with a touchdown. Like, the Doug Peterson has this, this Jaguars team believing. Like on both sides of the ball, and I was and now the stat that's been going around is that Trevor Lawrence, I think in the last six games, like fifteen and one, fifteen touchdowns and one interception. Showing flashes. They look at and I kept asking the game to Trevor Lawrence suck. He's proving that he's showing that he's taking his lumps and he's getting better consistently. Because last year, this is the game they lose, but. The offense is fighting with a base score forty on the one of the best defenses in the league right now. We had three hundred eighteen yards, four touchdowns against the second best pass defense in the NFL. 
at least was. And like Dak, my, one of the biggest things with the Cowboys is they do it to themselves. Like y'all are up twenty, like like twenty one seven, and y'all are still throwing the ball on first and second down. Then all of a sudden it's fourth quarter. You're three minutes left. You're up, and you're still th- you're taking deep shots. What are you on on a, like a third down that you need to run the clock out? Like and it's an incomplete pass. So now the the clock doesn't move. Jaguars don't have to use a timeout, and they get the ball back. And then now they go down and score, and that's what's led to the score to go to overtime. Like these are just piss poor clock management and poor play calling. And I say it every week where this offense just wants to make Dak throw forty passes for whatever the fuck reason. Maybe it's because they pay him so much money, but they this is what ends up beating them. They're another team that should run the ball like fifty times a game. Facts. Another overtime game. Other overtime game at uh, four o'clock. Texans and Chiefs. Chiefs winning thirty to twenty-four. And I mean, the Chiefs get the ball in overtime, moving down some, have to punt to give the ball back to the Texans. And I'm sitting there like, oh shit, the Texans really might beat the Chiefs if they come down and score a field goal. I think it was the first or second play by the Texans in overtime. They throw the interception. The Chiefs win it. They kick. Uh, they scored a touchdown the very next play. Like the Chiefs, Chiefs did what they had to do in overtime, but it was this is. I just want to hear how people talk about the Cowboys barely beating the Texans last week, like how they were shitting on the uh, Cowboys, like oh y'all barely beat the Texans. It's like well, this Texans team might be fucking here to play every week because now they just took the Chiefs to overtime. No cap, this Texans team is ready to ball. You see what they did against the Cowboys the week before. Now they just took the Chiefs to overtime. And Davis Mills scoring. This and it's not even you could say they put they took their foot off the gas because it felt like a lot of times that like I want to say the it was like fourteen was it fourteen seven at half at halftime. Yeah, I believe so. It was. It was fourteen thirteen four. It was thirteen fourteen Texans winning. Yeah, it was thirteen fourteen Texans winning. Yeah, and it was seven to zero at the end of the first quarter. And they held the boys to three in the third, and they scored every quarter. They just didn't score a touchdown in the last quarter. They just didn't score an OT. Like, the Texans was pulling up the ball. Like, the Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce didn't even play out. Nope. Royce Freeman was the starter. Mm-hmm. And Davis Mill, he didn't do awesome, but, like, he held it down. And they just did what they had to do. Yeah, they kept it close with the uh, Chiefs. Chiefs find a way to win the clinch. First seat, uh, first in the division. They had a little party afterwards. Next game, the Broncos beating the Cardinals were split on this one. I took Brent Rifen. You took Colt McCoy. Brent Rifen, I won't say he looked great, but he looked like Russ. I mean, 197 yards, a touchdown, an interception, 21 of 26, got sacked seven times. Like the same thing Russ was doing, running for his life and just barely completing shit. Jerry Judy had a decent game, but like Latavius Murray, we're ga- we're clowning him. He had gas in his tank. Twenty four carries, one hundred and thirty yards, and a touchdown. I don't know if that says more about Murray or there's more about this Cardinals defense. But the Cardinals defense was getting tore up, whereas the Denver Broncos defense shitted all over the Cardinals. They picked off Colt McCoy once, only held him to seventy eight yards. Then Trace McSorley came in, only had ninety five yards and threw two interceptions. The Broncos were just all over them. Hell yeah. I mean, I expected way more defense in this game. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, so I was expecting this game to be like a 9-6 type of game. But my dog, Colt McCoy, got knocked out. What game, What quarter was it? Like, he only played. I think the third, maybe the second. And then, t- what's his name? Tom? I can't even. T- Trace. Trace. Two interceptions. He came in in and did whatever he could do, but the game was over, man. James Conner couldn't really get nothing going in the run game. D Hop with 11 targets, seven receptions. It's going to be tough out here without Kyler, man. Yeah, and I think Cliff Kingsbury probably keeps his job another year because he'll be able to sit there and say, like, well, Kyler got hurt. And then even when he did play this and that, you know. And then D-Hop missed the first six games. They can't control that, man. We got three games left. We had the Chargers beating the Titans 17-14. Dickers field goal puts the Chargers up at the end of the game to win it. 
And, I mean, I said I put Vrabel and Staley in a room together. Vrabel walks out. I was clearly wrong. Staley's the one rocking out of that room. But I felt like the Titans could have ran. There was third downs, third and twos, and fourth and ones where they were still putting the ball in Tannehill's hands when they had Derrick Henry, the fucking AFC leading running back Pro Bowl getter against this porous Chargers run defense, and they were choosing to let Tannehill throw it or do something like I just don't understand that. Like, it's two yards. Like, just, I don't know. But Chargers find a way to win. They're still in the wild card, eight and six. Titans are inching closer to falling to uh, second in the division to the Jaguars if they don't fuck uh, clean it up. I'm sure this month they really only ran it 21 times in the dead Kenny. I was expecting to see 30. And there were certain times, it's not like they were losing the game. They were 7-7 seven, seven at halftime. It was 7-7 seven, seven at the end of the third quarter. Like, this is a game you can run the ball as much as you want, and they just kind of didn't. And there was big plays where they chose not to, and I think that's why they lost. Like, it poor another team where I felt like poor play calling is a big factor on why they lost. That's real. Dustin Herbert, they still find a way to win. They're still in the playoffs. Uh, we might have to see them in the playoffs. But next game, Bengals winning 34-23 to over the Bucks. Bucks were up 17 to 3 at halftime. People were giving Tom Brady his flowers. People were talking about, oh, the Bucks just make the playoffs. They'll be able to make a push for it. This is Tom Brady. Look at what they're doing. And then Joe Burrow lights up the cigar and says, watch this real quick. And then yeah. put puts he him says, in the dark. He says, you know that guy that you know that guy that y'all called the goat. Yeah, don't do that around me. Yeah, don't do that. What are they saying in Tampa Bay? Bro, they were chanting the Who Day in Tampa Bay. I'm crying. I can hear it through my TV. Yeah, Joe Burrow, 200 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. The run game was not there. Only 53 yards on 21 carries by the whole team. Uh, Joe Mixon, 11 carries, 21 yards. There's no run game. But Tom Brady, he was known to not throw picks. He throws two interceptions with at least a short field touchdowns by Joe Burrow and company. So – I mean, can't even say, like, the defense is the reason why they lost, like, when the offense is setting up Joe Burrow for within, like, 30 yards, 40 yards to score a touchdown. No cap. And then the offense was doing that. Like, Tom Brady's picks. I want to say, like, four drives in a row, some bullshit went down. I want to say they threw an interception, got a fumble. And then there was the, shit, the special teams play where um, I don't think bro was right. I can't – I think this is this game. It was, where... it was right here. It was 17-3 coming out of halftime. Four plays. Um, they go for it on fourth down. They don't get it. Bengals score a field goal after that. Then five plays into that second drive, interception. Bengals score a touchdown. Now it's 12-17. Bucks still winning. Three plays into that drive, they fumble the ball. Cincinnati gets it, scores a touchdown. Now they're winning 20-17. to Bucks fumble again. Bengals get the ball, score a touchdown, 27-17. Tom Brady throws an interception very next drive. <laughs> it was this whole stretch in that second half where it was either fumble, fumble, interception, go forward on fourth, don't get it. All leading to points. It's insane, man. And it's just a tale of two halves, man. Once Joe Burden and boys kick it off, there's nothing you can do about it. T. Higgins had a great game. Jamar Chase had a touchdown. I think Jamar Chase, Boyd, and Higgins all scored a touchdown. Nice, but that's gonna be that's gonna be how they come this playoffs. And you gotta be ready for it. They might start off slow. They might, but once they make those adjustments, they're always gonna be a force to be reckoned with. And then our last game was Monday Night Football: Aaron Rodgers versus Baker Mayfield. Green Bay Packers winning twenty four to twelve against the Rams in Lambeau. It was cold as fuck. It was like twenty degrees. Aaron Rodgers looked pretty good. There was an interception, but it was a a piss-poor route ran by uh, Lazard, I believe. But Baker Mayfield, I mean, people were hyping up Baker Mayfield and his Rams after that win. People forgot Baker only didn't do shit that whole game except for the fourth quarter, his last two drive touchdowns. And in this game, he did nothing. 111 yards for a touchdown and an interception, five sacks. Like, I mean, this is this is the Baker. I, people were really thinking this may be the successor to Matthew Stafford if he retires. And I'm like, Baker is is not it. Motherfucking 
I just saw an Aaron Rodgers that just did not feel like losing, man. He figured something out. And Christian Watson, they, they was all Christian Watson ass from from missing that touchdown and um missing that touchdown. But AJ Dillon, he came through playing strong, got hurt, came back in the game, tough. Aaron Rodgers just didn't want to lose. The play calling was well, and then that defense was committed was um forcing turnovers. Yeah, and like Baker looked bad. The running game worked for Green Bay. Packers are still in it technically, and uh, the Rams are just. I think this is the worst team to ever win a Super like to win a Super Bowl and then to follow up the next year. I don't think there's ever been a team any worse than the Rams. That has to be the worst team out, unless there's a team where everybody retired the next year. Everybody, I'm mean, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it don't make sense. Mm-hmm. But that was it. We recap every single game from Saturday to Monday. It was a whole weekend and a weekday of football. And it, this has been Paul Picklewin of Contra, joined by Kev Waterboy Savoy. This has been Totally Blitz Podcast. If y'all didn't know, now y'all know, motherfuckers. Let him in, passing out the medicines. We've been on that rock star regimen, knowing that I'm heaven sent, higher than I ever been. Got a problem with being problematic. Get the light beam on me, ready for electrostatic. Don't you step into this box if you're not batting. Then my gang got tools, you can call them.